Hey, franchise fans, thanks for joining us for another episode of Would You Like Franchise with that. This week, we're tackling a question which has been plaguing us since 2006. Are we mad PCs or are we mad Max? Welcome to Would You Like Franchise with that for another week. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jack. With me as always sitting over there is... G'day, mate. It's me, Callum. Hey. <laughs> and very excited to have back in the chair, good friend of the show, Nick Tarras. Welcome back. Hey, guys. Good to, good to be back. Uh, remind us, Nick, what was the last franchise you joined us for? Uh, we did Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, that was... <laughs> I was... I remember last time you guys, just before you know, hit record, you are like, just be careful about making noise around the mics. And I was like, yeah, sweet, no problem. You know, I've been on radio before, you know. And you're like, yeah, cool. Well, you you, you, <laughs> I've, been, I've been on radio. I know it works. And you're like, you record. The first thing I do is put my phone down on the table. I just went... And you both just fucking looked at me. And I was like, oh, I'm such an amateur. It was community radio. No one listened. I've been, I've been busted. Well, you'll be having another... Community radio. The radio is unplugged in. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to tell people another podcast I've been on radio. Yeah. Well, you'll be happy to know that we've lowered our standards since then, so feel free to make all the noise you want. I'm going to keep drinking yeah. all the... Doing the ah sound. Yeah, Jack's editing this one, so... Yeah. <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> I'm just going to cut out Callan's track entirely. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Fuck Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Leave it in and cut it out. It's up to you, Jack. <laughs> Ball is in your court, oh, well, mate. I was going to say, Alvin and the Chipmunks, classic would you like franchise of that episode where Callan referenced fucking a chipmunk till it exploded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that got dark real That's um, yes. classic, Callan. I think that's my favourite joke of uh, the now... Two years that we've been doing Two this. years. Yeah. I, uh, I was actually going to say, um, we uh, to get us onto topic of Mad Max, which is the franchise we started watching, mm. um, I did a count, and I think this is our 45th episode mm. and our 35th franchise. Uh-huh. And not that I haven't enjoyed the first two, but I've never been so excited to get to the fourth movie of a franchise so uh, far. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen Fury Road mm. maybe five times already yeah. and I'm fucking excited to yeah. see it again. Yeah. I've only I've only seen it once, but I'm hanging out for times two, three, four, and five th- when they eventually come to me. Yeah. Yeah. But But before then, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Would you like to know what happens in Mad Max? Yes, please. Set just a few years from now, in a world on the brink of societal collapse, Mad Max opens with the titular Max Rokotansky joining the pursuit of outlaw motorcycle gang member Knight Rider. Max is a member of the main force patrol, a unit of highway cops who wear leather and chase guys in cars. Knight Rider and his girlfriend are killed in a fiery crash, but it turns out Knight Rider was a member of Toe Cutter's gang, and Max and his best buddy Jim Goose managed to arrest the youngest and most annoying member of that gang, Johnny the Boy, <laughs> after he and some others terrorize a small town and violently assault a young couple. However, even in a pre-post-apocalyptic not-quite-wasteland, the rule of law still stands, and when no one shows up to testify against Johnny the Boy, he's released from custody. Jim Goose, furious at this turn of events, vows to get Toe Cutter and his gang, but the gang get to him first, sabotaging his motorbike and eventually burning him alive in a ute. Max is so disturbed by this that he quits the main force patrol and goes on a road trip with his sax-playing wife and his son named Sprog. <laughs> Along the way, they happen to encounter Toe Cutter and all his awful mates. The Rokotanskis manage to hide out on a farm for a while, but the gang tracks them down. 
Max and his family are separated and his wife and son flee, pursued by the gang who are in turn pursued by Max. Max isn't fast enough though and his wife and son are killed by Toe Cutter. Distraught and angry, Max doesn't just get even. He gets mad. <laughs> he gets even too. <laughs> he also gets even. He buys a Mac. He gets back into his police force leathers and collects the secret car the police mechanic has been working on, the last of the V8 interceptors. I don't know much about cars, but it looks and sounds fucking sick. The increasingly maddened Max roams the roads of rural Victoria, taking out the gang mem- members in automotive combat one by one. After taking care of Toe Cutter, Johnny the Boy and all the rest, Max has achieved his goal but realises that without his family, he has no home to return to. So he hits the highway, becoming a warrior of the road. Yep. Mad Max 1. Mad Max the first. I'm pretty. So you've never seen this before? Nah. Have you nah. seen this before? Uh, about three years ago, I think, the first one. Yeah, yeah. right. I'm curious to see what you were expecting and what you got when going into this after seeing Fury Road first. Yeah. Um, I w- it's kind of like it made me think, having seen the new one first mm. and even then watching the second one, yeah. it kind of reminded me a bit of the difference between Evil Dead 1 and 2. Okay. Like he made whatever movie he could in the first one. Yeah. And then went back and sort of managed to maybe build a world that he would have liked to build in the first one but couldn't. Do you think? Yeah. Or, yeah, also maybe not because they're quite different. Like, I just think they're a very different type of movie. Mm. Like the first one is just a really classic um, revenge movie Mm. with this sci-fi Australian flavour, which is what makes it so unique. Yeah. But the second one is like a much more... Classic hero, you know, like we'll get to it when we get to the second one. But watching the second one, it just kept, I kept thinking about Star Wars. Like it just felt like something Mm. like of that era. Whereas the first one is much meaner and much, uh, I don't know. I, I went the first time I saw Mad Max, which I, I think I'd, I'd seen the Road Warrior before and I'd seen Beyond Thunderdome before, Mm. but I only watched Mad Max like a couple years ago, I think after Fury Road came out. And I was so surprised mm. by what it was. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed it watching it this time a lot more because I knew what I was getting myself in for. Right. Uh, and the first time I watched it, I was like expecting, you know, all the tropes of Mad Max. I was Max. expecting more more of a style to it. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But um, as a like weird uh, cop uh, biker movie, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how there's... Um, one of the things I like uh, about the later ones, which does kind of come through in the first one, is sort of, especially with the villains, like the flamboyance of yeah. them and the way they the way they talk and like yeah. they're sort of they're kind of bits of it are almost like Shakespearean, but yes. also bits of it are really camp. Well, they're totally peacocking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and unexplained, like. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I've got a shaved eyebrow, and yeah. like I'm yeah. not gonna. And I kind of like that though. Then there's no like, well, oh, this is the quirky back uh, story to why he's got one eyebrow, and yeah, he just, just like no, we just that's yeah. just how we roll. Yeah. So all right, all, cool. All these men are just kind of pretty for no yeah. reason. <laughs> I like that. Um, in the first movie, the homoeroticism of the gang mm. is kind of subtext. Like it's it's definitely very much there. Yeah, and even within the police squad, there's mm-hmm. like. The um the police commissioner who yeah. has the big moustache and the and the and the scarf yeah and he's like looks like such a leather daddy yeah and he's a massive ripped guy and his name's Fifi yeah like it's <laughs> yeah. it's just 
amazing. I love it yeah. so much, yeah. like but, how camp it is. Mm, that's what the New York Times said in their review. They hated it, the first one, um, and they wrote um, – it provides a framework for some vivid chase and crash sequences across the unpopulated outback and heavy dose of sadism with obvious homosexual overtones. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't really pick up on it, but it was only the second one that I thought that that's where the obvious, because the guy's got butt cheeks. We'll probably get to it later. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. 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 I was we like, all have butt cheeks. <laughs> We've all got We're butt cheeks. Exposed on, on a motorbike. Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> true, true. It's a design flaw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You need to cover your, your ass on a motorbike. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, which is weird that uh, like yeah. why it was so strong. Yeah. But it's funny that I sort of didn't because uh, I hadn't seen a Mad Max until I saw the fourth one. Yeah. And and I liked all that um, that that element of it, that homoeroticism and that weird like yeah. they've all got these weird vaguely like sexual names yeah. and it's all – it's very like visceral in that sort of way. I didn't realize that that was such a big part of it the whole way through. Right. Even though I know about when I think about Mad Max, having not seen them, mm. that wasn't like, that's not a real big part of the, like the mythology around the series. Like yeah. it's Mad Max is the post-apocalyptic Australian cars, explosions, all these things. Yeah. And that doesn't really come into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not part of the the wider knowledge base I had about Mad Max. No, me neither. <laughs> I, yeah, but I it's so interesting, and I think quite important. I to, think, like, yeah, it. of the first two movies, that's I I think the most interesting and uh, part that I enjoyed about it. Yeah, like having not really thought about it before yeah. going into it and watching it, like thinking about yeah, about <laughs> yeah thinking about the homoerotic undertone. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, not overtones. It's it's overtones, overtones according to this, yeah. <laughs> this review. According to New York um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really. Um, it was the scene that probably really stuck out when the overtones was when the is it Roger? Oh no, the actor's called Roger. The um the lieutenant, the, the ch- or the chief of police. That, yeah, uh, Fifi. Yeah, is it Fifi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it a cravat that he's wearing in the yeah, kitchen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? It, it's, it's like a scarf or something. It's it just yeah, and he just pecks her out for no reason. Mm. Um, I loved that character. That was my favorite uh character in the whole movie. I think I'm so sad that he didn't come back. Yeah. Why? What made him your favorite? Just the look, I think. <laughs> but, but just there's those scenes where... He- <laughs> I was wondering why he'd shaved the beard off and just left a handlebar mustache and, yeah. wore, and wore, wearing a shirt and <laughs> had like bondage chains on and stuff. <laughs> These nipple piercings are real, Jack. Have a tug. <laughs> leather pants around the house <laughs> cooking. You're in the kitchen. There's no need pants. to be tight leather pants. No, I just... I love the... Um, the... I don't, I don't know what the comment is that they're making, but it's just like when you turn masculinity up to 11, mm. there's a point that it reaches and then it's just like homoerotic. Yeah. Mm. And I don't think that that character is necessarily gay. And yeah. I don't think that's necessarily important, but mm. I just like them using the um, the visual language of that. Uh, and like really there's like no female characters in the first movie yeah. except his wife. Yeah. And... It it's just kind of like it's it's almost like the sci-fi of like what if men just went off mm. and would like there were no women yeah. what would men end up being like yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Just like probably this yeah. this is probably <laughs> it and it's it's interesting not that I was around at that time but for it to be such so much homoeroticism in it in the very early eighties mm. and for it still to be 
like a massive global success. I feel like there would have been some, I would expect that there would be some kind of backlash to it. And maybe there was, but it obviously wasn't enough for it to not make a hundred million. Yeah, it's funny though, because I think, you know, the target audience for it is the people that they're kind of lampooning a bit. Like it is a satire, but the people who like got really behind the movie when it came out initially were, you know, your rev heads or, um, Mm. And I think that maybe they would have just like the first one I can see you could watch that and and look past that yeah, or no, yeah, I just yeah. not even realize yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um like I didn't realise it the first time I watched yeah. it. But yeah, it's um It'd be interesting for someone who you, you would think that that crowd would be traditionally pretty homophobic mm. to see how they square that in their head. Yeah. And that's what I like about it so much is yeah. it is like so masculine in that mm. kind of traditional sense, but it's also so, so flamboyant. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's one of those things where we're looking at it through the lens of people who have seen the things that came after Mad Max. Mm. So maybe in for people watching in 1979, they didn't, have enough of a like a context for it so they didn't even think of it as as gay or straight it's mm. just flat, like a bit weird yeah like it's set sort of in the future and it's just kind of a weird setting and these guys just act a bit weird yeah but you know they still blow up cars and kill each other so it's still kind of manly yeah you know? I, I saw them through a sexist lens of the role of women in the first two movies mm. yeah just like that whole sexy lamp test if you can replace them with a sexy lamp and it doesn't affect the plot yeah. you <laughs> revisit the plot and yeah they really don't have much yeah. of a although I did think that um uh, the strong older female. Yes, woman. May. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The woman who lives at the farm. Yeah, is kind yeah. of a badass. Yeah, that was it was a really courageous yeah. moment when and she comes she out. Could, and that character keeps popping up in other, not the same character, but the same yeah, idea the same pops up. In, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, she. Yeah, that was um the mother kind of you know or grandmother mm, archetype. Yeah, and she's like getting around. She's got like polio braces on her legs, but she's got this big rifle and she's when yeah. she's locking all the bad guys. When in. she shoots the barrel, do you think that's her just being a shit? shot up close or was that like an uh, intentional like a warning shot yeah because it's weird to kind of her move is to lock them into a room mm. to then escape and then lock it yeah and then she shoots a barrel yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of I didn't understand what she was she's mm. played too many video games and she thinks whenever you shoot a barrel it explodes that's right, right. yeah <laughs> I just don't but know why you wouldn't have kill. a little fire icon no it wasn't red that's right it wasn't red so uh, kind of, you know, in preparation for this episode, but also because I just like thought it was interesting. I, mm. I just read the uh, Miller and Max uh, book, which is a, a book about all four Mad Max movies yeah. and the making of. Um, and what was really interesting about the making of the first movie uh, was that entire Toe Cutters gang um, method acted throughout the entire movie. Right. And they decided that they were basically going to function as a gang. I thought some some of them were gang members. Yeah, the vigilantes you know, or something I, I read. There, there were gang members who were on set for certain scenes right. from different gangs. That was more Stone, which was another movie, okay. um, who had the same guy who played Toe Cutter. In right. Um, but the, <laughs> the thing that was really funny was um, they, they modified all these motorbikes to make them look futuristic. Um and the guy who did it did it on like no money um, mm. and kind of fucked the bikes by doing it. Right. But he's like, it's not, it doesn't really matter. People are only going to be r- driving them around like for, you know, the shoot. Yeah. It's not like they're going yeah. on a long distance ride. And the gang decided that they wanted to um, 
drive from Sydney to Melbourne to like bond as a <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. And they were just riding on these motorcycles that were like basically hanging together with bits of wire, <laughs> like crazy. A couple of them came off and like, uh, but they just like, they never broke character and they mm. would do stuff like, um, ride in like fake blood in Mel Gibson's like thing. It's like, we're going to kill you scum and oh, stuff God. like that. Like they apparently they were just, the worst to be around. I feel, yeah, constantly I think- drunk, constantly on drugs. <laughs> and just hooking up with each other to really get into the role. Yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that they were all doing it, but I did read that um, uh, Johnny the Boy, who's the youngest mm. member of the gang, was really method acting and he's so annoying in the film. Yeah. But he was also so <laughs> annoying in real life that yeah. people like didn't want to hang out with him. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because the making of was... um. It was one of the first facts I actually knew about Mad Max was um, when I went to Melbourne Uni, we got our diaries and had facts oh, about the, Melbourne Uni. And they're like, yeah. it's filmed, uh, the, the, car park. the car park is the Melbourne Uni car park. Ah. So we would walk down and be, we hadn't really watched the movie, but we did it anyway. Like, oh, it's, it's just a pretty cool it's car, a park, cool but, car but, park. Yeah. yeah. They filmed an episode of MasterChef there last year. Oh, yeah. In the car park. Mm-hmm. They fucking ruin everything, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> one thing I'm a. <laughs> They retrospectively cut out every car park scene from every copy of Mad Max. <laughs> one thing I'm disappointed you brought up in the intro was the number one thing I wrote down is he named his son Sprog, yeah. which I think we need to talk about a bit more because I had to look it up because I was the only person that only had one meaning because growing up, that was just another word for spoof. Mm-hmm. And like my friends, apparently it means just child, which is quite normal because yeah. the names in Mad Max are interesting right. and I think they have more meaning Apparently, then, uh, yeah, like Knight Rider is interesting because the first time you see him, you, he's mm. riding in the day. You actually don't even see him yeah. riding at night. <laughs> Toe Cutter's yeah. fucking gangster. I want that name. Toe Cutter's good because you kind of know where that comes from. Like, you, uh, it's just this imaginative kind of word. Yeah. Uh, I struggle to get past Knight Rider just like not thinking about David Hasselhoff yeah. the whole time. <laughs> I thought maybe Knight, like K N Knight. That's yeah. how David Hasselhoff's is spelled. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. this one is normal end mm. and just because it's like cars as well like i kept yeah. expecting him to talk about to kid <laughs> but i think knight rider has my favorite line in the movie which is like i'm a fuel injected suicide machine yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and i think his like face tattoos are hot yeah <laughs> what was his face tattoos he just had like you know the like mm. tattoo that they've all got a little something on their face right. just like a little thing next to their eye like yeah. a t- it's like it's not a tear. I don't like know. It might between be like a tear and a target. I it think. might be a tear, but it, it's like they've had it so long that it's mm. kind of just blurry. It's yeah. just kind of like a blurry face tattoo. Like and their tattoo. face is so like mucky. And well, that's what I wondered in this movie sexy. is like how much of it is them trying to have some meaning behind anything or just um, George Miller being like, fuck it. This is cool. Let's just chuck it in. Because yeah. I think it was a real yeah. problem at the time with movies. And um, Richard Walsencroft, the guy directed um, Melbourne Underground Film Festival director, has a big thing about art house films being what Australia makes. They don't make mm. these gritty movies. And he always points to Mad Max and Saw and these movies that yeah. do well around all the world. The movies are all genre do well films. Are big genre films. And, yeah. um, and this movie just felt like a fuck you to art house films. It was can we just chuck in things that are cool and fun? They yeah. don't need to have some highbrow meaning or interpretation yeah, behind that's them. Right. It came out um like after the rise and fall of like the Ozploitation films of the seventies, mm-hmm. which were when there was a period where Australia was making a lot of like uh, grindhouse genre mm. stuff. 
Um, but it also came out just like around the same time as like Picnic at Hanging Rock and like yeah. you know, oh, <laughs> the right. resurgence of Australia as uh, like intellectual, uh, yeah, like super yeah. art housey stuff. Mm. But when you, yeah, you th- think about the commercially successful Australian movies internationally, you've got like Saw, Wolf Creek, mm. Animal Kingdom. This yeah. Mad, the first Mad Max held the Guinness World Record for most, the, while for yeah. the most profitable movie. Wow. Compared okay, because the budget was... Budget, yeah. yeah, yeah, the most profitable movie until Blair Witch. Mm. Um, so that, like, that's 30 but, years or something. Mm. Was it a worldwide thing? Because I read about the dubbing of the voices. That was mm. the second one, I think, that they dubbed. They might have done it the first No, one. I think that was the first one. one. I think they did. Oh, man, what... Like, oh, man, imagine watching this, like, with the Australian accents dubbed yeah. over. That's, like, yeah. 80% of the appeal to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the first thing you find, you've got, like, boomerangs in the second one. The first one, you see Sunny Boys, and you see, um, do you see there's, like, a, a slab of Sunny Boy ice creams and, oh, uh, really? and uh, chicken twisties it. next to them? <laughs> chicken twisties. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, this is, it was amazing. I was going back to my childhood. This is, and, um, you see BP, which is obviously, you know, British Petroleum, but it just yeah. felt like home. It yeah, felt like yeah. this is an Australian mm. um, movie. And yeah, apparently yeah. they dubbed him because a lot of the references, um, the way they said... uh. Oh, I was like, see you soon. All there was a bunch yeah. of like Aussie, not, not did too you soon. Think that, like, did you so, wait? Did you watch what version did you watch? Was yours Australian voices? I think I had the dub version. Oh, I think really? I, I, think I had US voices. Really? Possibly, yeah. No, mine definitely had Australian. Yeah, interesting. How did you, yeah, how did you find that then if it was American? Um, <laughs> then, like, how did you like watching it? With, did um, it- well, I haven't, I haven't heard it with Australian, so I have nothing to compare it oh, to. Really? I it think was so. That is not. Nah. That, Should uh, I check? I'm going to check. And would, I'll check later. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Did you like it? Did you like it? Because like, <laughs> um, seriously, like, like that's what made the movie for me was a bunch of bloody Aussie larrikins just like haven't talked yeah. to each other. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> a bit like us. Yeah. Um. Possibly. I don't know. I'll have to. I'll. I'll. Yeah. Do a comparison and mm. I'll let you know. But. Yeah. Well, like, uh, um, because I think that. Uh, Clockwork Orange came out at around a similar time um, and, you know, obviously that's a Stanley Kubrick film so it's mm. got a bit of weight behind it and this is a, you know, debut feature film for an Australian person. Yeah. But, like, the fact that you can basically not understand anything that is in Clockwork Orange because the language was yeah. created to, like, but you get the gist of it, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that I could watch, like, say... A Scottish movie or mm. something where it's like an accent that I find really difficult and yeah. like not have to watch a dub or have mm. subtitles. Or something. And what <laughs> yeah. what might that accent sound like? Hello, <laughs> uh, hey. it's me, Mad Max. Do Mad Mad McMax. Have you got any I'm gosoline? inject <laughs> gosoline. <laughs> so trying to run, run Gosling. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this is what the Australian slang apparently was replaced with. So oi became hey. Yeah. I don't you like- really couldn't figure out. It's yeah. just I thought oi. Yeah, that's what I thought. See looks became see what I see. Windscreen became windshield. Very toey became super hot. And proby became probation officer. Oh, sorry. That yeah. became rookie. But like, oh, you just, you lose all of the character by doing that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oi really should be like, come on. Just, if you can't figure that out. If you out. can't figure out oi. And, and figuring things out is kind of what I love about this movie is you, 
it the but whole like show don't in, tell is such a big thing. Mm. Like you dropped into a world where they don't really explain. I don't think I even knew what MFP stood for. The main or MPF yeah. main patrol force M- is that what M- it is? MFP main M- force patrol. Yeah. I I don't know when I figured it out in the movie. I don't know if it was afterwards, but they don't go out of your way to be like yeah, um, blah blah blah. And even just the world building, which by the way, I've got a little. Uh, there's a moment where he lights a match. Yeah, on his on a zip. Yeah. Do you reckon that would work? Because I went and picked up no, some matches no, but, but <laughs> and, and I want to try it out. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you why. Yeah. It's because they changed the way that matches work. So matches in the 70s would have worked that way because <gasps> yeah. you can light it on any rough <sighs> surface. But they were like, that's why now matchboxes have that like Strip thing on, on the side <gasps> because it's like they've actually changed. Yeah. I thought like, yeah, because you probably, that would ruin over time. And I was like, well, yeah, in a post-apocalyptic world, you would have to figure out ways of, I've wasted 60 cents on these matches. I had to pay on card as well. To look, to look at BP when I'm like, hey, I'm out of coins. It's like 60 cents. I'm I want like, to see you give it a go anyway. <laughs> I've only got on my pants. Why you on fire? I was hoping you would have a jacket or something. No, no, we're doing your pants. Try, should, should, we, should we try this? You, you, you can try. Go. You can try. Right, I should probably take them off first. But yeah, like there's a lot of cool in... Older movies, it's very cool. There's a lot of cool ways for little <laughs> This is really fucked up. And no, I'm getting nah. tr- no, no, nah. no. Nah. I think I'm running with nah. jeans here. No, no, no. Just nah. grind if it. If I in. keep going, <laughs> just grind it in. All right, no, nah. all right. Well, there's. You might be cents. able to get a special zip that's made of the same kind of uh, material that that lights the matches. Mm. Mm. That's what you need. Maybe that's what they had mm. on Mad Max. Yeah. Well, no, they just said anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, was, yeah. was this Mel Gibson's Mid- first movie? Busted. Uh, yeah, I think it was his first feature. Yeah. Mm. How did you find him watching? He's more handsome than I thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. Gibson, yeah. Having only seen him as like a you know middle, old man, middle, middle it is funny uh, watching um, an actor that you know so specifically. Yeah. It, it was yeah. like talking about how uh, watching. Um, Forbidden Planet with a young Leslie Nielsen mm. in it, mm. and it's like it's so hard to think of Leslie Nielsen yeah. not as an right. old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to think of Mel Gibson as not an old racist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the thing that the thing that happened to me was that like now in my head there's two Mel Gibsons. Yeah, there's like Mad Max, like attractive Australian Mel Gibson. Yeah, and yeah. then there's like elderly racist American Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's like he seems to be. Angrier, if you that audio of him going off about the Mexicans or whatever on the phone, he was angrier about that than his wife and child getting. Yeah. Oh, and he's freaking <laughs> out alive. Um, yeah, he's gotten less stoic as time goes on. That being said, though, he can go from, you know, the part where he takes a vacation or takes a holiday, uh, yeah. vacation, goes on leave. Yeah. yeah, he goes from Mad Max to what women want really quickly. There's like this expression. <laughs> Where he, he looks I at his wife. I was wondering how we were going to shoehorn what women want into this podcast. Oh, no, way was gonna gonna get movie. <laughs> no way we're going to get it right. Man, imagine if what women want had uh, it's Sandra Bullock. Oh. Did you not notice it when he looks at his wife? When he, I think they're at that um, mechanic and he kind of stares and he smiles. And yeah. I was like, where have I seen this face? I was like, oh my God. When he figures <laughs> out Helen Hunt's secrets and he right, knows I've all. I've seen can- this in my weekly viewing of what women want. <laughs> I was like, God, he's so dynamic. He can, he can go from really mad to... Just in love. Yeah. <laughs> because it was a myth. Uh, speaking of myths, it was a myth about him getting the part, which apparently isn't true. Yeah. Rocking up being the, uh, um, uh, uh, it was accompanying his friend who was applying mm. for the mm. for the main role. And then he apparently got in a fight. 
um, in a rugby brawl, a brawl with some rugby players. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then they were like, oh, they were really interested in him. And then they said, come back when you heal. And he apparently nailed the part. But apparently that's total bullshit. That's just not true. He just yeah. went to NIDA um, and had just graduated. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> How did this story come about? That's- I, you know, they just wanted him to be hard. hard yeah. Mm. Hard bastard. Yeah, Do you think it's a, if you had anyone else in the role, the movie would still be what it is? Uh yeah, I think so. I he's not. He's not a like. I don't think that his as as presence. Char- yeah, as is, far as characters go, he's not particularly a strong. Mm. I uh, think he does a good job at what yeah, he's, yeah. he's given, like uh, totally, and he has become synonymous with mm. those, like you know, Mad Max and the first three films. But I think that you probably could have replaced yeah. him. Like he, he did get replaced in the fourth one. Yes, like it's like it's someone else, and it's it's still. Mad Max, and it's still really good. Like, yeah, yeah, mm. and it, I mean, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about this much more uh, in the next yeah. episode. But the character of Max in the fourth one is like different. Yeah, uh, to the first three. Mm. Um, any other thoughts on on Mad Max? No, I think we've covered everything. Part one. Uh, I'll just go through what one we want. Yeah, cool. Got that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting is the R18 rating because I went in. Uh, when it started playing, I think the rating came up on the the file I'd gotten or whatever, and I knew it was an R eighteen movie, but I didn't find the violence. Maybe it's just the like the way it's aged. I didn't. It was a lot of implied violence, a lot of mm. off screen. Yeah. yeah, that like the um, message is scary and and the actions um, scary, but you don't see it. I didn't find re- find myself repulsed or yeah. the way I would react to an R eighteen movie now. And I don't know if that's a sign of age. There was a huge yeah. reaction at the time, and a number of like critical essays written about um you know violence in cinema and like this was kind of like the signpost thing Mm. this was basically like the australian's version of like clockwork orange that i brought up before um and yeah it was seen as hugely violent and and mean-spirited and and watching it now like It, it is hard to see. It does still mm. take you by like you are like fuck when the um, weapon kids get killed. Spoilers, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. I I don't think this would get rated R now. Oh, yeah. I think is it possible? Could it maybe have something to do with the fact that these sort of movies, as you say, like exploitation horror movies and all yeah. that sort of stuff, and horror movies ever sort of existed, but this kind of before Mad Max, maybe it was kind of more of an underground genre, but this was so like really popular in the mainstream. So maybe people who weren't paying attention to violence in cinema mm. before yeah. that started paying attention, maybe. And I think the um, the argument uh, was a lot more immature, well, not immature, but like not so a lot less played out. Like, yeah, yeah. There was this real fear that people would see what was happening mm. in Mad Max and then go out and replicate it. Yeah. And to a certain extent, they did. Like, mm. not like forming bikey gangs and like, you know, raping and pillaging, but yeah. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing sick burnouts and yeah, like, just yeah. like, you know, um, in the same way that, you know, Clockwork Orange, uh, there were copycat people. And mm. in the same way that like fucking The Dark Knight or whatever comes out and someone yeah. like shoots someone in a cinema. Yeah. So yeah. It's, 40 years later, we're still having the same conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, I don't know. Is it mm. like the, is the violence in cinema a reflection of society or vice versa? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> you look at me the same way Mel Gibson looks at <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, on that note, should we take a little break and uh, come back and talk about Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior? Yes.
Would you like to know what happens in Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior? Yes. A global nuclear war and energy crisis have led society to disintegrate. What was a pre-post-apocalyptic wasteland in the first movie is now a post-apocalyptic wasteland, and those who are left alive wander the desert, scavenging for fuel for their roughshod modified cars and eating can after can of dog food until their tears smell enough like dog food to make their dog come back. <laughs> Max is one of those scavengers. I'm glad that the word back came in at the end of the sentence because I thought it was going somewhere very different. <laughs> Mad Max is one of those scavengers, and when he comes across a gyrocopter pilot in the desert, he spares his life in exchange for being shown a well-defended outpost in which a group of good guys have an oil derrick and are pumping out that bubbling crude. Oil, that is. Black gold. (laughs) Texas tea. (laughs) (laughs) These good guys are harassed by a marauding gang of bondage enthusiasts led by Lord Humongous and his henchman Wes who want the oil, presumably to refine into vinyl so they can create more bondage gear. (laughs) Realising that they won't be able to defend themselves forever, the good guys hatch a plan to load up a huge tanker with all their oil and flee their outpost. They recruit a reluctant Max to help, because, being a road warrior, he has seen an abandoned Mack truck out on the highway that they can use to tow the oil. Max offers to get the truck and bring it back to the outpost in exchange for the return of his V8 interceptor. It was the last one, remember? Yeah. Which has been commandeered by the group. Max manages to nab the truck and triumphantly returns it to the outpost, but not without driving it straight through the bondage gang's camp who nearly destroy it. The good guys repair the truck and make preparations to leave. They plead with Max to help them escape, but he's not interested. He just wants to get his V8 interceptor and, like an asphalt percussionist, hit the road. No. <laughs> guys. He does, but doesn't last long. He's ambushed by the hi- ambushed on the highway <laughs> by the gang who destroy his car, kill his dog John Wick style, and leave him for dead. Max is rescued by the gyrocopter pilot and returned to the outpost, but having uh, replaced his wife with a car and his son with a dog, both are once again (laughs) taken from him, and Max gets even madder. He agrees to drive the repaired and now heavily armoured truck for the good guys, and a lengthy action chase sequence ensues in which the leader of the good guys is killed, most of his people escape in vans and buses, and the gyrocopter pilot provides some excellent aerial footage. Max manages to kill Lord Humongous and his bondage-wearing buddies, but it comes at the cost of crashing and rolling the truck. Max survives, but notices that sand, not oil, is pouring from the destroyed tanker, and he realizes he realizes that he's been had. Had Max? <laughs> and that that's, good, that's actually really good. That's, that's good, amazing. <laughs> and that the good guys have used him as a decoy, decoy while they escaped with the fuel secretly hidden in barrels in their own vehicles. Max appreciates the gag because it's exactly the sort of shit he would pull in this situation and remains alone in the desert. Now Carlos, he continues to wander the desert as Mad Max, footpath warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so my first note here. (laughs) This um, movie is gay as. No, no, that's my second note. (laughs) Uh, And I can say this as someone who grew up on the Sunshine Coast. Mm. The plan of the good guys is to escape the barren wasteland (laughs) that they're in. And go to the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> is that what the they Sunshine say? Coast is the most barren wasteland <laughs> I have ever been to. <laughs> Their plan is fundamentally flawed. It's gonna, again not to get ahead to the fourth one, but isn't that what happens in the fourth one? Yeah. They get to the Sunshine Coast exactly and just turn around and come back. The Sunshine Coast. Yeah, we're going to Caloundra. <laughs> you guys have ever been to Malula? <laughs> You see, it's all a set up to hang shit on the Sunshine Coast at the end. <laughs> yeah. George Miller's like, oh, like- is, it, is this a response to art house genre? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck the Sunshine Coast. No, it's setting up for the fourth movie. And I can just see American viewers watching this going, 
Sunshine Coast. That's a bit on the nose, don't you think? It's like, yeah, no, that's yeah, actually yeah, a place here, mate. It's called, it's yeah. called Sunshine Coast. And there is plenty of sunshine, but not much else. <laughs> Tell you what. Bit of grog and ice, but. <laughs> well, you guys talked about your favorite line from the last movie. I think this is my favorite line in the whole franchise. Mm. Um, the war crier calls... Um, Lord Humongous, the Ayatollah of rock and roller. <laughs> it's the fucking worst line. You could not force. What has that got to do? What is rock and roller? It, he just wanted it to say a, the word Ayatollah and rhyme it with something it and the guy force into movie, it. Wasn't it rock and roller? Yep. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was such a um, massive improvement of the first one, and I like the first one. Yeah. But it's, yeah. you guys, talk, I think, talked about before about what someone mentioned. Yeah. Uh, uh, having the money or. The budget to do what you really wanted. I feel yeah. like this is what this movie was. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the stunts were in- incredible. The um, the cars, the costumes. It was just way like not just production value, but it just felt like this is the movie you really wanted to make. And it stands mm. up. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. It is a good yeah. action. And movie. even and even like there's the obvious things like the stunts and the cars and all that. But even little things and there's. Uh, when Max is first shown this outpost in the desert, mm. he goes out there and he stakes it out for a really long time from yeah. this cliff. Yeah. But even when they um, they sort of arrive and they sort of crawl up to the edge of the cliff, it's it's quite subtle. But the camera shot follows them on, and then the camera ends up off the edge of the cliff, looking back at them. Yeah, and I was like, "There's no way that shot would have been in the first movie." Yeah, but even, right. so, even like the small details. Although, like yeah. I mean, like yes, the technology improved greatly, but he had that eye in the first movie. Like I don't know if you really noticed it by watching the film. Like mm. I, I think you get the um, the impact of it without really understanding what's happening. But all the shots on the road in the first film are like super low to the ground. Yeah, which is basically the cameraman strapped to the front of a car, yeah. hanging off the holding front of the car, yeah. holding a camera. Mm, Which amazing. is like he got the shot. Shot yeah. looks fucking great, and this movie just allowed him to kind of do that stuff, but in maybe a little bit less of a gorilla way. More legit, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. mm. you know it's not CGI. That's like there's a part where someone comes flying out of a car, yeah. and you're like, yeah. that's someone doing this shit. I, yeah, yeah, I was watching it, and the thought that I had was like, I like I know this isn't real. Like, I, like yeah. I know that I'm not watching like. <laughs> A documentary or whatever, but yeah. it is real. Yeah, it's yeah. in the same way that people who are just like, um, you know, professional wrestling is fake, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, it is fake, but yeah. they're still doing some yeah, pretty they're fucking they're not on wires. Right? Yeah, yeah. And again, not and obviously getting they can't hit. Do that. <laughs> That's really guys- Donald Trump running into. <laughs> are you guys um? Do you guys go on Reddit much? Yeah, there's an account. Oh, there's a like a novelty account on Reddit. Who, um, who, there'll be some, any conversation anyway, they pop up all the time yeah. and they start writing like what seems to be a reasonably measured, re- <laughs> like reasonable comment to something. On then the internet? Like, on the internet. No, like, you know, Reddit, the people just having discussions and someone will be like, oh yeah, when I'm baking cookies, I tend to put them at, uh, you know, 100 degrees for this, blah, 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 blah. But halfway through it morphs to him talking about the time in like 1999 when the Undertaker threw mankind off a cage into an announcer's table. <laughs> And it takes you by surprise every time. That's <laughs> so, amazing. It's so fucking funny because you oh can never God. ever see it coming. <laughs> Is it always the same account? It's 
same guy, yeah. His name's Shitty Morph, and he does it. Oh, that's perfect. Like, I would love to just dedicate my life to that. Yeah, just like, yeah. That, like fun trolling. Like, it's so yeah. funny, and every single time there's like a thousand comments, like ah, got me again. <laughs> surely you would just recognize his like avatar and stuff, like. Oh, oh, I we don't. Get, <laughs> yeah, I don't really look at usernames. Anymore, yeah, no, it. you don't look at it. Then you get to the end, you're like, ah, it's him. <laughs> Back at it. I actually saw a really good Mad Max meme on um, Reddit, and mm. it had um, how presidents age, and it had George oh, yeah. Bush um, on his first day and last day, yeah, yeah. Uh, Obama on his first and last day, and then had Trump on his first day, and then his last day is um, him as the villain in Fury Road. You know the um, oh, uh, yeah. 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 yeah, it was perfect. That was um, uh, mm. that was special. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the snake dropping is the moment in this one that when, uh, oh, and I want, I was going to ask um, you about this. Yeah. The guy who plays the, the gyrocopter. Yeah. Um, do you recognize him? Yeah. Yeah. He's in, he's in literally everything. <laughs> oh, there's just yeah. something that, um, that I specifically should know. The train man. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's in the Matrix. Matrix. Oh, because I, I was baffled. Right, yeah. I didn't know yeah, yeah, who yeah. he was. I actually didn't really recognize him. And then I Googled him. I was like, oh, my God. He's- yeah, like- I, I recognized him as, uh, I think that's the voice of the guy from the deleted scenes in, uh, <laughs> in, in, in the third Lord of the Rings movie, The, the Mouth of Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, that was. Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, and you, he, you can he, take the boy out of Sunny Coast, can't you? <laughs> I had not much else going on. Yeah. To <laughs> I watched a lot of the rings a lot when I was a teenager. <laughs> and he drops a fucking snake on someone. Drops a yeah. snake on someone. And he drops firebombs and stuff. He's great. Mm. Toward aerial dominance. Mm. That was, um, that was the scene for me. And I'm like, this is when a movie just becomes fun because they just think of cool ideas and, and fun scenes. Yeah. And it, and it can take the piss out of itself, yeah. you know. And I think what this movie did um, and where you really see, like, the DNA of uh, Fury Road mm. is that it simplified a lot from the first one. Mm. The first one was a little bit too complicated for its own good. Like, at the heart of it, it's a pretty simple story of man kills bikey, bikey gang gets revenge on man, man gets, gets revenge, revenge on, on bikey gang. Yeah. But there's a lot of other scenes going on, which like obviously you don't actually need to understand what's going on for it to be able to appreciate the movie, but there's a lot of extra shit happening. In them. Mm. Whereas this one is like very, very, mm. very straightforward. Yes. Yeah. And then Fury Road is like that even more so. Yeah. Have you seen Beyond Thunderdome? I have, yes. I haven't. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, you mentioned the plot uh, synopsis that they fill up the fuel tanker with sand. Mm. Um, why do they fill up with anything? Is it a weight thing? I, I felt I like- was thinking that. Like, why well, go to the effort of filling it up at all? Yeah, but, probably, yeah. I probably, think it was I think a weight. It would thing. be, and it's and it's because they're um, they're tricking Max. They're not tricking the other. The- well, they're tricking everyone, aren't they? Yeah, but most directly they're tricking Max. But then they're using Max to do a double trick. To do, do double trick, yeah. But yeah. To, in order to do the double trick, they it's need a double to trick. Mac. <laughs> Mad Max two double trick. Oh, if I knew anything about cricket, I'd make a pun. There's tricks in cricket, right? <laughs> no, that's no, that's um, that's isn't that lawn balls? <laughs> <laughs> close, close. You can so see what I did so well in the Sunshine Coast. So little about cricket. <laughs> Is there tricks in baseball? Oh, like no, you can like bunt and stuff. There's tricks in motocross and like BMX and stuff. 
Yep. Oh, trick. What are you? I think it's lawn bowls. Yeah. Isn't it? I don't know. Trick. No, no, no. It's a card game. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of bridge. <laughs> <laughs> the closest I've come to playing a sport. Bridge. <laughs> You even got that wrong. Kel, are you watching the Olympics? Uh, no, I didn't catch any of the bridge. Who won gold? Uh, old ladies watch cricket, old ladies play bridge. Same shit. Uh, the Australianers came up quite a bit. I mean, the boomerang was kind mm, of fun to see. To see it work. Well, work. I mean, it's a movie. But to see it used as a weapon in yeah, a fun yeah. way. Someone getting. It was yeah. interesting because um, it came. There, there was like some criticism about that as being. Uh, cultural appropriation of yeah. indigenous culture, mm-hmm. uh, and the the kid in it it looks white, and he uh, always thought that he was, and well, he is. Mm. But it came out much later that he actually has um, Curry an- ancestry, yeah. um, and like he was just at a party, and the, oh, um, the actual guy, the actual yeah. guy who played oh, the feral kid, yeah. Um, was at a party, and uh, this guy just came up to him and goes like, "Are you Curry?" And he. Didn't know what that meant at the time. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, it happened to him again, and he, like, mm. looked into his family history, and it turns out that he was part Curry. Yeah. Sorry, someone said he looked Curry, and they actually asked if you're Curry. Yeah, you- he was Curry. Like, the guy who came up to him oh, was right, the Curry okay. guy. Oh, right, okay. Thank God. And, and yeah. they're like, you know, oh, we can just tell, like, yeah. that's, you know. And then uh, he's like, oh, I don't know what that means. And then, yeah. like, a year later, someone at another party, like, Came up to him, another curry guy. Wow. He agreed. It turns out that he was. Interesting. Because yeah. it doesn't seem to be anyone else but n- not white in yeah. the whole yeah. first two movies. Because mm. um, the easy joke is obviously Mel Gibson there. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one yeah. stipulation. <laughs> coming back for yeah. a <laughs> Was this pre right? I wonder where he's in his racist journey a lot yeah. at this point in the, uh, I guess, early 80s. Mm. Um I wonder if, because if anyone actually found this movie uh, or the first one better, because um, there is a, a uh, what I found interesting about this one is the lack of dialogue from sixteen lines. Is it actually sixteen lines? 16 and two lines of them are Gibson have in in the whole movie. Yeah. What's the same one? Um, I'm only here for the gas, or I'm only here for the gas, right. or something. Because yeah. mm. I, the, I'm only I, here for Ryan Gosling. Because <laughs> Tom Hardy was I'm quite- only here for Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> It's me, Mad McMath. <laughs> He's only got 16 lines in this movie because yeah, he, had oh, heaps, <laughs> he, had, he had heaps more, but he insisted on doing them in a Scottish accent and no one could understand, yeah, so they had to cut yeah. them all out. Look, uh, the script calls for dog food, Max, not mm-hmm. haggis. Uh, <laughs> at, least, at least make it chum. <laughs> Extra chunky. <laughs> G-O, G-G-O. <laughs> They I just need gasoline for my beer. They may take our last beer at interceptors. <laughs> <laughs> he just replaces the Australian cattle dog with a Scottish terrier. Yeah. I was like, fuck <laughs> off, Mel. Yeah. That was a that was a really fun scene. That is just having the, the food tossed. Um and to see him eat dog food, because that mm. took me by surprise. I'm like, oh, he's gonna yeah. feed the dog. That's yeah. that's a nice little world building kind of um uh moment. 
Uh, as were the exposed butt cheeks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you want to talk about more? Because yeah, so let's talk many. about the logistics of about. the arseless chaps. Because so, the costume designer doesn't go, oh, fuck, we don't have many pants, but I've got one of exposed butt cheeks. Like, oh, that'll yeah. do. Someone had to say, well, we, we should expose them. Yeah. You know, and that's a great well, idea. Wes was sense. written as a gay character. Yeah, and like he's got a boyfriend. He's got a boyfriend. He's got like a trophy boyfriend. Yeah. And he like- Looks a bit like a cross between a leather daddy and a cockatoo. Yeah. Like an M&M. Yeah. 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 M&M? Like the red one or the yellow one? <laughs> <laughs> Must be the red one. Um, but yeah, like he's basically wearing fetish wear. They all yeah, are. They all kind of Everyone are. in the gang. Like, and and um, uh, Lord Humongous. Great it, name. Is uh, like wearing basically just like a cod piece and stirrups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is not practical no, wasteland no. attire. The first rule of riding a motorbike is all the gear all the time. Yeah. What's the second rule of riding a motorbike? <laughs> you don't talk about riding motorbikes. <laughs> oh, you broke the first rule, Jack. <laughs> uh, there was a moment where I thought um, Max might try um, join the gang or suss it out, make a like, like side job. Up. And I wonder, yeah, yeah, I thought like he's in the, you know, right attire. How would you go about and what would, what you guys would do if you were trying to join the gang? Um, how do you get in? What, what is your end? Is it something you say? Oh. Um, I reckon it's kind of like a uh, Chronicles of Riddick type situation where you keep what you kill. Oh, you think it's a COR situation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you think you have to kill your way in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cr- yeah, now that I think about it, Pitch Black and um, Mad Max are basically the same movie, but one has aliens mm. and one has Mad Maxes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you gotta you gotta kill the bi- if you kill the big dude, then the little dudes will uh, follow. Right, it's like you cut off the head of the snake and then you put a different head on that snake, <laughs> <laughs> as the old saying goes. <laughs> um. I I think it's probably one of those things where you would need to bring, um, you'd need to turn up with some sort of like sacrifice or offering, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I think you've got to yeah bring uh, some sort of innocent person that Lord Humongous can like rape and pillage yeah. or something. Like. Yeah. Some I think it's just petrol and then some exposed butt cheek pants. Yeah. Some like bondage wear, some petrol. Yeah. Someone, I was I was hard. a little bit disappointed. There's one scene where um. Uh, one of the the gang members has like the tent that they're in pulled away mm. and he's in there with a woman. Yeah. And I kind of just like the idea that th- these were just a bunch of men who've just said like, no women. We're no just, girls allowed. Yeah, no girls allowed. <laughs> we're just blokes here. <laughs> we just care about our cars and our mates. <laughs> and they, like in the fiction, that kind of like, Made sense because they mm. were all just like fetish loving leather daddies, yeah, mm. but hard as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of um, given that the only oh, there's there's that like a very brief sort of sex, not even sex scene, but you see the two that couple having sex, and there's a like a, a rape earlier on in the movie, yeah, like it's kind of that that kind of adds to the ambiguity of it. You're like, I th- you know, you think they're all. Big gay dudes, but the only sex is between men and women. Mm. It occurs. Yeah, yeah. Is there? There seems to be police in this one. Like you, you see, oh, you see police lights. I think, I think they're just police cars that have been stolen by that gang. That's There's what I thought. Also, but then- there was also a theory, or I think it was maybe an idea originally that was maybe written out of the script 
that Lord Humongous is Jim Goose from the first one. <gasps> Didn't Jim Goose die? Well, no, he's got charred. Yeah, but he got like he was horribly burnt. Oh, so oh that's why his face was disfigured. Face is disfigured, and that's why he's got access to all these police cars. Yeah, right. And um, I think there was another reason as well. Well, apparently the the reason that they they wrote him in with um the face covering is because mm. he was they were going to get the same actor as in the first mm. movie. Um, but he came in and he was really pissed off that. Like, because all the actors got paid, like, you know, proportionate to the budget, not yeah. really anything at all. And then mm. it was the most profitable movie yeah, of all time yeah. for a long time. And all of the cast and crew were, like, a bit pissed off that they didn't really see any of that. Um, and so, yeah, he came in to talk about the role. And he was also really pissed off because George Miller came, asked him to come and audition. And he's like, what mm. do you mean audition? I was, like, in the first movie and you paid yeah. me no money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he like asked for a huge amount of money at the time mm. and stormed off. And then they didn't talk to each other for like 15 years. Mm. Uh, but then, you know, so they, they cast someone else as like bodybuilder guy. But then they get the the guy in Fury Road is the same actor as in the first movie. Mm. And they basically pulled the same gag, just like cover <laughs> up his face yeah. so you won't tell. But um, yeah, interesting. Mm. Tidbits. Tidbits of information. Um. Yeah, but this movie was great. Yes. <laughs> I think I, I was wondering, do you think this is the best sequel ever? Like in terms Ooh. of like building on the original? So you got um, this up for contenders. Here, here are the ones I could think of. Yep. Aliens, Terminator 2 Judgment Ooh, Day, yeah. which is a big one. That's a big one, yeah. Toy Story 2. Alvin and the Chipmunks 2. And Alvin and the Chipmunks 2. <laughs> the squeakle. Yeah. Um. Uh, and Evil Dead too. I think no. I think it's probably Terminator. Mm. I think. Yeah. Although I know in terms of improve it, like distance between sequel and original. Well, that's what mm. I said. Uh, like Terminator said One build. is pretty good. Yeah. You said build as in like, you know, do the, how do the characters progress? How does the world progress? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily. I don't know. Takes that interesting level. Like Terminator Two. You know. Uh, even as a standalone movie. I wonder if you could watch this one without watching the first one. And and still, you could, oh, yeah, you definitely could. Because yeah, they released it in the States as um, just The, the Road Warrior, yeah. mm. which is funny because I got it on, on iTunes. And in iTunes, it says The Road Warrior on all the art, and that's what it's called. And mm. then when I played it, it said Mad Max 2. Yeah, interesting. Which was weird. But, mm. but do you find that you care about Max? Uh, I don't know if I... Do you think you care about him more because you saw the first one? Because I remember the first time I saw, few, like, um, The Road Warrior or Mad Max 2, I hadn't seen the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it really mattered. Well, just because yeah, like, he has his wife and you know, show you that son in the flashbacks at the start of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, in fact, you probably know more about the pre... or the world in general just from that flashback. Um yeah, that, like explanatory sequence. Think- Although didn't they? I think maybe they put that in for the American version, like- but took it wasn't in the Australian version. Maybe, yeah. so maybe I watched. Well, no, I who knows like- what we've watched? Now the American yeah. version at the end has, by the way, uh, "Oi" means "Hey," and uh, <laughs> well, the Chicken Amer- Twisty no, no. is a fucking great. Let's go with it. <laughs> the American version, or at least the one that was released like at the time. I'm not sure if they've changed it since because George Miller's gone on to be like mm. you know a big deal, um, but the. Uh, Original American version for Road Warrior was all dubbed with mm. with uh, right American actors, yeah. which would have just ruined the movie. Mm. Yeah, uh, who? Um, who? Sorry, who's the like the cult leader? 
uh, of like the, Lord the Humongous. No, no, the other um, the good guys. The oh, good the guys. guy who looks kind of like oh. Mick Jagger. Right yeah. There. <laughs> yeah, the guy <laughs> with the largest facial facial features. <laughs> Name's Papagallo. Papagallo. Yeah, I think that means parrot in mm. Serbian and Italian. Um, yeah, which I don't know what relevant that is. But at one point he goes, he's calling out to two people in the crew and he's like, Timbo, Eric, yeah. oh, no, Timbo and Eric. And I was just kind of hoping for this. I think like, it was Timbo and Derek. <laughs> Derek. Oh, was it? More. Yeah. <laughs> Derek. Der- oh, I was thinking of Tim and Eric. I was kind of hoping for this like uh, Mad Max. You know, <laughs> Tim and Eric. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, cameos. My favorite bit in the movie um, was there's just a bit where there's like the uh, mechanic and um, he's at, Having a look at the the big rig that they've they've found mm. to to cart the oil, and then there's like the the leader of the the gang, and they're both like speaking to each other through a th- like other like an people. assistant, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, how long is it going to take to yeah. fix? How long is it going to yeah. take <laughs> to fix? Oh, more, you know, we got a, a broken craft yeah. shaft. We got a broken craft, yeah. and it just goes back and yeah. forth. There's like this five minute scene, and at the end of it, it's like. How's, how long is it going to take? It's 24 hours. 24 hours! He says 24 hours. <laughs> Give him 12. 12! And then the, the, the mechanic guy just kind of gives him like a shrug and goes, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Typical mechanic yeah. overquoting. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Good to know no matter how things change, mechanics still say the same. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, no, all right. Call me out. All right. We'll do in 12. Nah, I'm down in six. I'm going to smoke it. You're going to need a Johnson right in there. You're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Hasn't part roadworthy. You'll need to have it have it again for another week. Mm. Um, have you got anything else to add about Mad Max Two? Nah. <laughs> well, uh, shall we rank them up? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon we should, boys. What do you reckon? <laughs> You've gone from cow to Scottish to Bogan <laughs> Sunshine Coast cow. Two one for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you uh, lads feel about it, you boys. But uh, you know, two one. Got to say, like. Uh, I didn't care too much about all the emotional stuff in the first movie, having the wife and all that, you know, but, you know, it's really good at that. Car chases in the second one. Car chases in that. Oh, like yeah, the, no, right. you know, the, oh, that mate with the, the, the bike and, you know, and the hair. It was, it was just a fuck filthy movie, hey? Yeah, look, I, I totally agree. And especially the second one, those butless chaps give me an erection. <laughs> Look, I'm not gay or nothing, but I would have <laughs> sexual intercourse with that man, like, not in a gay way, not but like, just, not just like, in a, like, like a, a top anything. bloke, like, because he's a top and I'm blue. <laughs> two one. Two one, yeah. Uh, now, yeah, two, two right. Two right, two one. No, I would watch number two again, for sure. Mm. I'd like, I'm kind of keen to go back and rewatch it. Uh, but I don't know. I think the first one is kind of... It's interesting to watch as a debut film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting to watch as an origin for like where the series went, mm-hmm. and it is genuinely very entertaining when you know going into it that it's not what the rest of the series yeah. is. And it's it's kind of like um, it. It's almost like. Mad Mad Max Two is the first movie, and Mad Max is the prequel that no one really wanted, but yeah, it's right. not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a different movie, and it's it's like it's you know it's it's almost a genre shift. They're both mm. action movies, but yeah. one is like, uh, well, yeah, it's a road warrior movie, and yeah. it, like, and just in terms of like, um, the, how important uh, Mad Max is as a piece of like culture and how mm. much influence it's had. Mm. Like, I don't think Mad Max the original has 
really had that much influence. I yeah, think it was yeah. much it's more heavily influenced by other films at the mm, time, yeah. like yeah. Stone and a bunch of other Australian movies. And there's, you know, mm. um, some Japanese stuff that it was yeah. influenced by. But The Road Warrior is like, you know, there's basically like two types of post-apocalypse. There's like, you know, how many dystopian futures do you want? You want your Blade Runner one or you want your mm. Mad Max one yeah, yeah. or you want like your Star Wars? Mm. Like it's kind of yeah, one of the main go-to mm. references. And dystopian movies tend to be just um, let's find something and exaggerate and imagine a world without it. You know, like 1984 can be, you know, freedom and it's always just heightened versions if we didn't have this. And apparently that's how the idea of this started was when there was yeah. a bit of an oil crisis. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. uh, which um, I like... I get it. You don't really get that through, like, the whole movie. I don't know if, like, society would descend in, into, like, necessarily the exposed butt cheeks. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that idea of, yeah, if we didn't run out of petrol, Australia being this kind of bogan country with cars, uh, being car, yeah, car obsessed, we'll end up Or it's like, like let's this. just take the worst aspects of ourselves and push it to 11. Like, mm. Well, yeah, it's very feudal. It's very, you know, yeah. tribal. Um, but I didn't see you as too far-fetched, as in... Like this, uh, the way the police um, and you know ambulances were involved, and it was still kind of lawless, but not. Which I yeah. found was a little bit of a, like um, the most unbelievable part about this is they're kind of this police, but there's so much um, lawlessness, and it didn't yeah. really make sense why you have a judge um, and a jury system, yeah, uh, and then have. Well, originally, Mad Max, the character was going to be a journalist yeah. uh, in the original script. And uh, because George Miller is a um, was a doctor, uh, and to make money to allow them to write the script for six months, they basically were like ambulance for hire, and they would just mm. go out um, yeah. and uh, you know help out with roadside collisions and stuff. And he saw like all of this carnage right. on the side of the road, and that inspired. Like drastic change in direction yeah. for what the movie actually became. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that brings us to our loosely related <laughs> recommendations. <laughs> Feel free to join in. Anytime. Very disappointed. It wasn't in Bogan. Uh, loosely. <laughs> Let's go again. Let's go again. Five, six, seven. Loosely related recommendations. Can't. <laughs> what do you reckon? What do you recommend, Jack? Uh, well, I'm going to recommend um, what actually uh, um, influenced me choosing these films, and oh, that's yeah? the Mad Max game. Oh, not for your can- love of arseless chaps. No, no, no. That was just a that was just a happy little surprise on top. Um, but no, I uh, I was playing the. Uh, I came across because I was trying to figure out what's the next Xbox game I'm going to play because I don't play that many games. Yeah. Um. And I was like, I was you know reading reviews and all that, and I was I was basically like, what's the game that's most like the last Batman Arkham game? Yeah. Um. And a lot of people said it was Mad Max. Mm. Um. And so I was tossing up getting Mad Max for a while, and then Xbox introduced the Xbox Game Pass, yeah. which is like Netflix mm. for games. Right. So I got that. So I've played the first hour and a half of heaps of games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're the only one I stuck with. 
um, was Mad Max. Yeah. Um, and caveat is that I'm probably, I'm almost definitely not going to finish it. No. Um, it's a big, it's a big open world game, and it is kind of repetitive. Yes. Um, and there's not a whole lot of story mm. to speak of. No. Uh, but the car combat is quite fun. Yeah. Um, and I think, um. Uh, one of the biggest draw cards for me is like atmospherically. Yeah, it's very, um, uh, it's uh, it's it's good in that way. Like it has a lot of atmosphere and it's quite environmental storytelling. Yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. the, you know the the music and the landscapes are all, um, uh, yeah, sort of sort of unique and and fun. So yeah, for the yeah. first for the first eight or ten hours or so, it's been quite fun. But I'm yeah, I agree. I I uh, I bought this when it came out. A year ago, maybe, yeah. um, and like uh, returned it pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I played maybe eight hours. I played a bit, and I think it nailed the tone. Mm. It nailed like it. It knows what Mad Max is. Yeah, but um, it's one of those type of games which some people really like that I just don't. Mm. Which is just here is an empty sandbox, literally. Um, <laughs> And just do the same thing over and over yeah. and over again so that you can get better at doing the same thing over and over and over mm. again without really much else yeah. to keep you invested. Um, did you ever play Shadow Mordor? No. It's basically exactly the same, same thing. as Shadow Mordor. Mm. But um, it's just Lord of the Rings instead of uh, Mad Max. Yeah. But it is like, it's like you're right, like all the ingredients by itself are fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's fun to like kind of walk around. That yeah, world. yeah, it's fun. it's fun to like hang out, and it's well put together. And I think mm-hmm. I think George Miller had quite a lot to do with it. Uh, yeah, well, at least they um, they gave him a lot of design docs. Yeah, and um, the way that Fury Road was written, mm-hmm. uh, we'll get onto it a little bit more. But it, it was like basically written as a visual novel instead mm-hmm. of a script. So they yeah. had a lot of art direction assets to kind of pull from. Yeah. Um, but yes, in terms mm-hmm. of like. Just being a sustaining experience, mm. like mm. there's just, there's a lot of grinding yeah. to do, yeah, which I just wasn't up yeah. for. Yeah, but it's sort of interesting playing it, having gone through a lot of other games recently, which yeah. I haven't. I don't. I'm not a huge gamer, mm. so I'll generally pick something I like and play it the whole way through and finish it 100. percent It'll take me six months yeah. of playing, you know, bits and pieces here and there, going through trying out lots of different games. Yeah, this has been the only one that's really stuck. That and a, and a really what do you gra- think it is about it that has stuck for you? Um, I think it it's the just type of combat because I think the same so. Yeah, combat, basically. Uh, yeah, I think it's the type of combat and and the setting. Mm. Um, do you think it's like buying into an existing property that you like in another yeah, medium? Like, could so, be. so your favorite game is um, Batman, right? yeah? Like that's basically you yeah. buy a console to play Batman, yeah, right? basically. Um, and that's mainly because you love Batman. Or do you uh, like the games? No, I really like the games. Yeah, I think it's probably a bit of both. Mm. But they are, yeah. If you if you have a sort of if if you're a fairly simple game player like I am, yeah, like the Batman game had me hooked the whole way through, and I think it would have even if it wasn't Batman. Okay, yeah. Um, Did you watch cutscenes through? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, okay. Watched the whole thing. Finished the whole thing. Got all the trophies. Did everything. <laughs> yeah. Finished all the Riddler puzzles. Yeah. Yep. Every single one of them. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it took me a very long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, the advantage, I think, of playing games like that is I I don't get... Like, I know what I like quite quickly, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm. Maybe. 
I don't know. But yeah, the only other game I've really stuck with from this Xbox Game Pass thing is like a 2D platformer called Guacamelee. Did you ever play <laughs> oh, that yeah. one? Yeah, I played <laughs> yeah. You play like a yeah. luchador uh, Mexican wrestler guy and you can turn into a chicken and it's just great fun. Of course. So I'll Guacamelee. also recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a game that started with the name. They said yeah. this is a great pun. Let's, yeah. let's create a narrative. Um, it's funny you mention that because when I was watching the second one, it reminded me of um, kind of like a Far Cry and Fallout 4 yeah. vibe. Especially because- the, the gyrocopter that pops up in Far Cry 4, I think. Yeah, but even just <laughs> the um, the the tribalism of just attacking mm. this the base, base and capturing. Like, yeah. yeah, it was just yeah. such a, that was the first thing that I thought of. Um, yeah. And I'd wonder how, like. It's funny playing the game because the game basically is um, just the road warrior over and over and over yeah. and over again. <laughs> it's like, imagine like if the road warrior, like that two hours, you just had to do that for 40 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what the game is. Yeah. Uh, what are you recommending, Helen? Uh, so, uh, the film festival is coming up mm. soon. As part of the film festival, um, there is a uh, that's giant... The, that's the Melbourne International Film Festival the Melbourne for International our film non-local festival. listeners. Myth, as the abbreviation calls it. Um, but there's this uh, sci-fi um, uh, back-to-back thing at the Asta. Uh, and there's two films in that, um, which I think it might be a bit of a big ask to go and like see it because it starts at 9.30 and just like goes all night. Um, but there's two films in there that are uh, really good and quite related to Mad Max. Mm-hmm. One is Dead End Drive-In, um, which is basically, uh, I guess it's like Escape from New York meets Mad Max. Um, it's uh Australian movie. Uh, set in a slightly post-apocalyptic future and they uh, get all the youths to, and they say there's a free drive-in at the drive-ins and everyone goes there with their like sick muscle cars mm. uh, and then they like lock them in there and it becomes like a prison. Uh, and so the movie is just like <laughs> set in this weird wasteland drive-in prison. Cool. Um, and it's just full of like stu- super Australian stuff. It's nowhere near as good <laughs> as Mad Max, but it's definitely worth a watch if you're into that yeah. stuff. Um, and the other one is called a man, a boy and his dog, which is an influence on uh, Mad Max mm-hmm. as well. Um, so yeah, either go and see that at the film festival, or you can just track them down by themselves, and mm. they're uh, both good. Good stuff. Nick, did you prefer prepare a loosely related recommendation for us? Yeah, I mean, uh, to the homoerotic overtones, it's got to be three hundred. Uh, <laughs> for sure, if you're into that. Uh, to be honest, uh, I actually had two because I remember last time. Uh, for Elvin, I was like, oh, shit, uh, I didn't uh, re- realize I had to uh, come up with recommendations. Mm. And one of them was Far Cry 4 and Fallout, but then you brought a video games like, oh, I'll go to my backup, Escape from New York, and then you said, <laughs> Escape from New York, I'm like, fuck, all right, now I'm going to, here I am back in the Elvins. I didn't and recommend she- Escape from New York. I yeah. just said it was a reference. That- you can recommend it. When I was watching it, not only with the kind of um, the, the costumes, and uh, but the base of the plot is... Uh, Either Kurt Russell or Patrick Swayze. I always get him confused. I think it's Kurt Russell. <laughs> it's Kurt Russell, yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, he plays a character called Snake and gets dropped into a, basically Manhattan Island has been turned into a prison and he's yeah. got to rescue, um, uh, the president for some reason has been shot. His plane got shot down and he's been mm. captured yeah. and held hostage. Um, but it's that chaos when you, of society unfolding of, of just being left to its own devices. Mm. Yeah. Uh, when you watch Mad Max, you, you know, you have those vibes of holy shit. Like imagine a world like this and, yeah. uh, Except for New York is interesting because it's the world tends to be normal except for that island. 
Um, but even, yeah, the mood is uh, similar. I mean, like visually it's quite different. Obviously, it's very dark. Um, I don't know which movie's grittier and which one's more violent. I wonder which one came out. I wonder if if Escape from- uh, Escape from New York was like late 80s. Yeah, I wonder if that exists without Mad Max or how different that would be. I think Um, it's definitely that that same kind of anti-hero archetype for sure. uh, Because he falls into a bit of the hero trap, Max, Mm. that hero thousand faces, I think. Um, Yeah. It's a little bit uh, cliche, I guess. But I wonder if you guys thought, if you guys think any movies just definitely wouldn't exist without Mad Max franchise. Well, this dead-end drive-in movie that was my recommendation definitely would Really, just wouldn't. <laughs> um, pretty blatant. Um, uh, Waterworld? Waterworld is basically uh, well, exactly Max Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brokeback, um, clearly. Um, <laughs> what else we got? Um, uh, yeah, but um, I definitely would just that. I mean, except for New York, it's just, another, it's just another fun movie as well. You don't need a... You can watch it at... Um, it was funny, Cal said that you, you can't watch Mad Max. It's a weird movie to watch in, early in the morning. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> when you first wake up and it's it's almost a nightmare scenario. Yeah. Um, but, what if I wake up? <laughs> you wake movie. up and you're just wearing arseless chaps. <laughs> it's all happening again. <laughs> uh, there are some movies, I, I, if I'm like, oh, I've had a few beers, I can't watch this movie, I've got to give it the... Like, I don't want to respect it. Yeah, gotta give it a right like, I don't want to be a dick and watch this movie if I'm, you know, if I've got people downstairs, I'm going to be interrupted yeah. during it. Um, but except from New York is kind of like Mad Max. It's just fun. And you could actually probably come into it 15 minutes into a movie and still. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a good movie and you don't need to watch it all. Both <laughs> <laughs> exactly. movies are just fun and yeah. the plot is really mm. a, just a, uh, an afterthought. Um, so you can just. They just wanted to film cool shit, basically. Yeah. So let's just put deals on whatever plot. Mm. Like all the best movies. Yeah. <laughs> all Gal's favorite movies. Well, cool. Well, that brings us to the end of the first half of our uh, foray into Mad Max. Nick, would you like to join us next time for Mad Max 3 and Mad Max 4? Oh, we fuck. Fuck you, Gal's. Tear into it. Hey, <laughs> lads. <laughs> lads. Lads. He'll be back. I'll be back. Of course he'll be back. <laughs> Uh, so if you want to watch along with us get a get a hold of mad max 3 uh, beyond beyond thunderdome beyond thunderdome (laughs) mad max 4 fury road um as always get us on facebook get us on the website franchisewithout.com let us know what franchises you've been watching um someone sent us a little message uh, uh, alerting us to the new Pacific Rim coming out next mm-hmm. next year, I think. Aye, yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we may be visiting that sometime in the future. Yes, um, fight the Loch Ness monster. But- <laughs> that one I think <laughs> Big robotic Loch Ness monster. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, join us next time for Man Max 3 and 4. Until then, I've been Jack. I've been Nick. I've been McCallum. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll speak to you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.